This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. I have no clue what that notification is. Did we just get a raid? Oh, that was Warlord. Resubbing. Thank you for the resub. Free the cat from human oppression. For those of you who don't know, my cat Smokey went and joined the Air Force and has been bombing civilians for the last eight days. But he is, he is deserted. And Smokey, who is like the mascot of this fucking show, is indeed back. You will see him. You will see video proof that he is in my possession. Eight days in extreme heat conditions, which is one of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Al Gore making the rounds on the Sunday morning shows. Going to tell us all about climate change, but also going to talk to us about the 2000 election, why it's different than uh, Donald Trump's big lie. Going to discuss the January 6th committee. I, I thought about doing just an entire stream of animal videos just in celebration of Smokey being back. Sassy! Sparkles! Well, we got RB. Love you guys. Gore 2020. He, uh, he responds to that as well. He responds to that. He has asked about his prospects for 2024. I, I remember being hardcore behind Al Gore in 2008. I was like, the man, the man deserves to have another run. I, he, I, the vet came down this morning, looked at him, said he is slightly dehydrated, but other than that, looks to be in good shape. So we, we think that one of the neighbors has been feeding him water. There's water because like, this is, this is animals all over the place around here. So there's water all around the house. They don't leave food out because of, uh. The other animals it attracts. But there is food from time to time in the bowl out there for the outdoor kitty. Um, Bobcats are the bigger worry around here. And uh, coyotes, apparently coyotes. Really bad in this area. I had him on my lap and uh, he got down. He's actually eating right now, which I mean, dude, like you've been outside for fucking eight days in a row. All he has done has been, uh, eat and then go back to sleep, eat, drink some water, go back to sleep. That is all he has done. Oh, and then yell at me. If I go to the bathroom, he follows me in there and he yells at me. So he's, he's getting him a drink of water right now. And once, uh, once he gets settled down, I'll grab him. We'll get him on camera. Yeah, buddy, I'm so happy to have you back. But uh, Maynard and Socks are acting really weird about it. Maynard, Maynard and Socks are acting like they don't even know who he is. Some people call it parenting. I call it raisin cream pies. Oh no, sir! I assure you, it is the exact same cat. This is this is definitely Smokey Bong. 
Hey buddy, everybody missed you. Ew. It look it looks just like him. It's his personality, everything about him. Everything about him. This is the same exact cat. You see up here where his uh, fur is a little light around his eyes? He got really sunburnt. He got sunburnt where the where the fur is kind of light there. Poor little dude. Wrong cat, my ass. He is such a cute baby. He didn't look so cute. Uh, fuck, where, what, what the fuck? I'll show you what he looked like last night. Let me show you what he looked like last night. He looked a little wild. I thought I already did this. So that was, uh, that was him in the, uh, in the cage <laughs> he was very not happy unfortunately for him uh, I fell asleep last night I've been going out and checking the cage you know periodically every 15-20 minutes or so I fell asleep so I don't know how long he was in there it could have been longer than 2 hours that's as long as I was asleep so sometime between me falling asleep and 3.15 in the morning, I think. I put I put all the other cats up and brought him in in the in the animal trap. And I when I when I opened the door to let him out, he just went and ran. Not really ran, more of a jog. Eight fucking days, and in this heat, too. But, oh, oh, oh. So, I, I thought about just doing a celebration stream because of Smokey being back. But we got too much news to talk about. Too much shit went on. So, we're still going to cover some news. But it's going to be a little more uh, a little more lighthearted show, hopefully. Not going to be as heavy as we usually are. I even purposely left. So, like, there was a cop that was shot in the face. Some of us might be happy about that, but you know, like she recovered. She's gonna. She, she's expected to make a full recovery. But like, I left that one off because, like, we just we we want to we want to keep a little light tonight. So we're gonna talk about the heat waves. We're gonna hear from Al Gore, and then uh, this one I'm really looking forward to. We've got ten minutes of Al Franken making fun of the outtakes that we saw of Donald Trump. From the January 6th committee hearings. That's going to be awesome. Mummy meow, woke, woke your cat up. Aww. Aww, eight days. And here's the, here's the, here's the crazy part. The day I lost Smokey was his gotcha day. It had even popped up on my Facebook memories. I lost him on gotcha day. That's that's fucking sad. This was this was the picture of Smokey and Socks from six years ago. 
popped up on my on my timeline just a few days ago. Yes, I've got a titty pillow behind him. <laughs> I lost him on Gotcha Day. Raisin cream pies. You people and your loin fruit. I don't get it. My buddy was telling me about how his kid cried all night. Playing video games last night and his kid started crying. Cried himself out. He was asleep. I left him at like a little before midnight. Kid was asleep. Apparently he woke up was a was a uh, 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 a hellion. Learn to pull out, kids. Don't have other kids. Just saying. Before the end of the night, you're going to see the world's deadliest cat. I have video of the world's deadliest cat. Uh, we're going to talk some music tonight. Uh, Tom Morello was attacked at a Rage Against the Machine concert. Uh, Kid Rock fans trashed a venue in North Dakota. Rapper Zuby. Rapper Zuby was on Fox News. That should be fun. Uh... Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has stated that she wants uh, the Republican Party to be a Christian nationalist party, that she is a Christian nationalist. Christian activists attacked PetSmart employees. Apparently, Dennis Prager isn't a Christian. I I thought he was. So we're going to hear about why Dennis Prager isn't a Christian. That should be interesting. Uh, Mike Lindell... Mike Lindell says that he wasn't very interested in politics because he was on crack. A rum springer for gotcha day. He went on a rum springer for good. The problem was is there's an outdoor cat and uh, we think the outdoor cat was kind of uh, chasing him off. He was being territorial. And here's the, the weird thing is the outdoor cat loves to fight with everybody, but like he's scrawny. He itty bitty. He's so sweet too. I love that cat. I love all. I love all cats. Um, if you've ever seen the video of the woman, it was like her dating profile on eHarmony or something. And she's like, "If I could just hug all the cats in the world, that's me. If I could, if I could just love them all, adopt them all, I would." Probably don't have any room for any more cats, so we got a lot of cats. Smokey went back over here, and went to sleep. I guess he's not interested in doing the news. He'll probably pop up and hang back out with us here in a little bit. So let's go ahead and get to it. My cat was outside for eight days in record-breaking heat. Hundreds of temperature records were broken as heat wave scorches the U.S. The daily heat wave set or tied 359 Daily high temperature records over the last week, along with 709 records for the warmest overnight low temperature. Officials reported at least two 
heat-related deaths in the Northeast on Sunday and warned there were likely to be more. 90 million Americans were under heat warnings or advisories on Sunday. This is NBC News' reporting on that very topic. From Dallas to New York City, tonight the nation's brutal heat wave won't let up. 90 million under heat alert with at least 21 states nearing record highs. Some areas feeling more like 110 degrees thanks to the heat index. Don't let dehydration ruin your vacation. One dollar water. But the oppressive temps are shaking up weekend plans. Boston's triathlon postponed until mid-August with a similar New York race shortened significantly. Stay within my means. Uh, I have a lot of experience uh, and because I am a lot older than when I first started doing this stuff. Sad well, good on you, dude. Heat wave proving too much for some. Tonight, the death toll climbing to three with word a Louisiana police officer died last Saturday, according to his department. Bracing for triple digits in Philadelphia. Well, so it's not all bad news. And fun. How much do you love this pool on a day like today? Oh, my goodness. If this pool was closed, I, I had no other plans for these two because this was all we was looking forward to. The city says more than a fifth of its pools, however, are still closed because of lifeguard shortages. I thought they were going to say a fifth of their pools were urine. So every, right now, everyone within Correct. a mile of one that's open. Correct. The reason Kelly Pool is a great pool to open is not only does it serve primarily an underserved community, but also it's huge. But with so many looking for relief from this heat, this pool day comes with a wait and a time limit. It's super hot right now in the city, and we're all just trying to have an awesome pool day. Didn't seem like an awesome pool day. Today's crowded, and there's a time limit, and there's a line to get in. Oof. Oof. But, I mean, at least they're not out on the West Coast where uh, wildfires are spreading like... um, well, state of emergency wildfires due to the Oak Fire burning near Yosemite. Cal Fire says, fire- honestly, honestly, core, they should have fucking masks on. We are like most Americans live in an area where there is high transmission right now. You should indeed be wearing a mask. I know they were outdoors, but we are dealing with the most contagious variant yet. They should indeed be wearing masks in public settings. Now, it's a little hard when you're at the pool and everything, but still acres with evacuation orders in effect across the region. Reporter Leanne Denyer is in Mariposa County with the support being offered to those that have been forced out of their homes. As the Oak Fire burns in Mariposa County, evacuation orders remain in place. Also, I didn't put it on the list for tonight, but once we're talking about being in in close contact with people during a pandemic, uh, monkeypox. We have the first two reported cases of monkeypox in children. It's only going to get worse. And I saw somebody on Twitter say that um, when school starts back and children start testing positive for monkeypox a lot because they're in close contact with each other and these these nut jobs that have been attacking school boards start talking about what, like. The stigma that it is a sexually transmitted disease because it's predominantly spread among gay men thus far. That's why I've I've been uh, uh, upset about the coverage. (sighs) 
and polio. We have the first reported case of polio in the United States in, what, 50 years? Jesus. I'm worried, I'm worried about them creating another uh, gay panic about teachers, forcing yet more good teachers out of the profession, creating more fucking outrage. God, this fall is going to be a shit show. Oh, and, you know, it's still going to be scorching fucking hot. We're going to be seeing these temperatures for months to come. Fire forced Linda Reynolds-Brown and her husband out of their home. We just don't know anything. We don't know anything. This is the first fire evacuation for the couple. They say they moved to the area about a year and a half ago and had just done a fire preparedness training with their neighborhood. We started to get messed up together. That's when I went up the hill and looked. And I'm like, oh my God, it was coming fast. They snapped these photos of their home before they say they knew they had to go. I've already seen them having a field day with it, Core. We were getting ashes on us, but we could. We had such a visual of this billowing that we, it just seemed like it was above our house and coming our way really quickly. This is Mariposa Elementary School on Jones Street in Mariposa. It's one of the evacuation centers being used for families being impacted by this fire. The Red Cross tells us they were able to get this center up and running within an hour of the fire starting on Friday. It's a really chaotic time, but Red Cross is providing a sense of calm. The fire started near Mid Pines. Cal Fire says the explosive fire behavior has been challenging for fire crews. The cause hey, we got we got months. We got months of wildfires to come. Through these mandatory evacuations, the Red Cross shelter. This is going to go into October, maybe even November. And they have care for families with pets. The couple grateful their family is able to evacuate together. All's good. We're all together. As their community waits to see the extent of the damage by this fast-moving oak fire. As of Saturday night, Cal Fire says that this fire has burned more than 11,000 acres. Reporting in Mariposa County, I'm Leanne Denyer. Oh, goddamn. You know, if only somebody had tried to warn us. If only somebody had made uh, uh, a very concise movie detailing exactly what we were facing. Here's Al Gore this morning making the rounds on the Sunday shows. He's going to talk to us about the dangers of global man bear pig. Rising CO2 levels in his documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, which debuted over 16 years ago. The film was credited with raising global awareness about the dangers of climate change and the years since have seen increasing extreme weather patterns. This week brought another round of record-breaking heat and triple-digit temperatures across the United States and Europe as wildfires rage and London reached the hottest temperature ever recorded, 104 degrees in London. The former- never, never broke triple digits. Gore, thank you for, for being here with me. Thank you for inviting me, Jonathan. So I want to ask you, obviously, there's a difference between weather and climate. But but how much of this extreme weather that we've been seeing do you think uh, is effectively here to stay is as a result of climate change? Well, the scientists have predicted these uh, extraordinary and catastrophic uh, events for going on decades now. And the fact that they were dead right, maybe a little conservative even uh, in their projections, should cause us to pay more careful attention to what they're warning us about now, Jonathan. They're saying that if we don't stop using our atmosphere as an open sewer, and if we don't stop uh, these heat trapping emissions, things are gonna get a lot worse. Uh, More people will be killed and 
uh, the survival of our civilization is at stake. You know, if you'll permit me, Jonathan, behind me, you see a picture from the. Warlord, I put that on the list for the freak show on Friday. A chess robot broke, broke its human opponent's finger. We tried to derail me, Warlord. <laughs> yeah, that story's wild. A chess robot broke its human opponent's finger. I was going to talk with Sparkles about that. <laughs> the International Space Station that shows how thin the atmosphere is. I got it. Core RB. Every day, using it as Sparkles, a Warlord, Ida, love all of you. Now traps as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs. That's why the heat r records are being broken uh, all the time now. Uh, that's why the storms are stronger, why the ice is melting and the sea level is rising, and why the droughts and fires are, are hitting us so hard and so many other consequences. And they're predicting now up to a billion climate refugees crossing international borders in this century. We have got to act. This is all, this is much of what you talked about in, I mean, for years, but, but certainly in an inconvenient truth. And we, we've heard from President Biden, he, he's called climate change an emergency. He's called it a clear and... He ain't gonna do shit about it, though. He has stopped short from declaring a national emergency. What, what is your sense? Is it time for the president to declare that climate change is a national emergency? Well, Mother Nature has already declared it a global uh, e emergency, and uh, I'll leave it to others to uh, parse the, the pros and cons of what uh, uh, an, an emergency declaration would lead to. But there are other things he can do right now. The EPA can take action to further limit emissions from power plants uh, and from tailpipes, and the Supreme Court decision did not take all their power yeah. away. Uh, we could stop allowing oil... Jizz face! Uh, Thank uh, you for being a freaking follower. And, oh. But uh, just judging by your screen name... You live in sexual anarchy? Guy comment. this is former Vice President Al Gore... He was Clinton's vice president, uh, led the way on climate change in the early 2000s after, after winning the presidency, but not getting to assume the presidency in the year 2000. We could, he could appoint a new head of the World Bank instead of the climate denier that leads it now, appointed by his predecessor. But he's also facing a, a, a challenge here. Really, the front line issue got old. in terms is rising gas prices. Uh, part of it We're all getting old. And he's gone. He's encouraged the Saudis. Uh, I didn't. No, 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 no. Core, core, core. I did not. I did not kink shame. I did not kink shame at all. I didn't. I didn't make a value judgment about whether it was a good thing or a bad thing that uh, people uh, might live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Charlie Kirk! Charlie Kirk might be making a value judgment about people who live in sexual anarchy. I, I am not. Because I am sure that many people would consider my lifestyle to be sexual anarchy. 
I am not a key. Stop trying to find reasons to cancel me. How am I how am I supposed to get bigger on the Twitches and the YouTubes when my own fans are starting cancel Justin movements? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Talked about uh, expanding domestic. I need to make that shirt. Uh, getting more uh, offshore oil drilling in the United States. I mean, you understand why he's doing this. They're 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 desperate to get gas prices down. But isn't this counterproductive in terms of the climate agenda? Well, we need to avoid confusing the short term with the long term. That's different from uh, investing billions in new fossil fuel infrastructure and new oil and gas drilling that would not do anything to help the current prices or to help gasoline prices for that matter, uh, but would guarantee increased emissions in the years ahead. You know, the International Energy Agency has said that we should have zero new drilling for oil and gas reserves. We've already got enough to incinerate the planet. Uh, We're seeing this global emergency play out, and it's getting worse more quickly than was predicted. It is accelerating. This should be a moment for a global epiphany. And the voters and the publics in countries around the world need to put a lot more pressure on... Somebody start a poll in the chat. Uh, Do you guys think that we are headed for doomsday? Or do you think that uh, we have the resources to fight back against global climate change? I think a lot of you have given up. I'm just I'm just wanting to get a feel for what's going on. Oh my god, fucking The United States and Canada have both dropped the ball on high speed rail in a big, big way. There's a there's a meme going around that like circles like the northeast, you know. Boston, uh Philadelphia, New York City, blah it's like any flight from this area, from like D.C. up to New York, is, is just a travesty. Yeah, we're most likely fucked. <laughs> On their political leaders. Don't forget the fact that all 50 of the Republican senators have been against doing anything on climate. Uh, even though but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try, though, right? People want it. Before you go, I, I'm sure you heard your name invoked in the January 6th, the latest January 6th committee hearing. Matt Pottinger talking about your speech conceding the 2000 election as really a model of how American democracy is supposed to work. Uh, what has what, what, what your reaction been watching these hearings, and, and, and what kind of an impact do you think they're going to have? Well, I, I would like to say that Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney and every single member of that committee uh, ha- have performed an amazing service to our democracy. I think these hearings have been the most persuasive and effective since the Watergate hearings so long ago. And, and I think we're seeing a huge uh, impact on public opinion in our country, too. They've done an incredible job. Did you ever, in the time since... Uh, uh, that speech that you gave conceding an election. I, I don't need to remind you, you won the popular <laughs> vote. You were within a few hundred votes in Florida. You were, you were challenging, pushing for recounts. When, when it was over, you can... No, 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 no. He won Florida. Let's get that straight. Al Gore won the election. Al Gore won. 
recount would have showed that Al Gore won. The Supreme Court stopped the count and declared that Bush was the winner. Conceded, uh, and then you presided over uh, George W. Bush's electoral uh, certification, the certification of his victory. Watching what you saw unfold, did you think back to that? Well, of course, but all, all I did is what uh, Winston Churchill once said about the American people. Uh, the American people generally do the right thing after first exhausting everything. Were you there at the Brooks Brothers riot, Sparkles? All I did. With Roger Stone? Required uh, a, what, what I did, and uh, there's nothing uh, really extraordinary about it. What, was it personally uh, difficult? Uh, well, you know, uh, <laughs> the country and the traditions and honor of our democracy are at stake. It's not really a difficult choice. All right. Vice President Gore, it's great to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us on this week. Churchill, Churchill was indeed a monster. Oh man, maybe uh, maybe this is not the one where they asked him about twenty twenty four. But for those of you, because like he was on another morning show, but I took the I took the one that was longer. But some someone I believe it was uh, NBC asked him about a twenty twenty four run, and his remark was that he is a recovering politician. So I would assume that is ruling it out. January 6th panel will weigh subpoenaing, subpoena, subpoenaing, 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 subpoenaing Jenny Thomas if needed. This is according to Representative Liz Cheney. She pledged that the committee would also get to the bottom of the erased Secret Service text messages from January 5th and 6th. Uh, speaking on CNN's State of the Union, we're going to see Cheney on Fox. See, once again, she was making the rounds on the morning shows this morning. So that's why I didn't want to play this video. She said, the committee is fully prepared to contemplate a subpoena if she does not. I hope it doesn't get to that. I hope she will come in voluntarily. We've certainly spoken with numbers of people who are similarly situated in terms of the discussions that she was having that you've mentioned. It also talked about getting to the bottom of the Secret Service. The Secret Service has hired private counsel, apparently one of which is in the Trump orbit. Any individual in the agency could overlook the historical, even the personal significance of those text messages. Right. And so it kind of it shines a bigger spotlight, I guess, on, on those missing text messages when, you know, the Trump White House, the Trump National Security Council and the Secret Service agents themselves all knew the magnitude of what was happening. I mean, in, in that same radio chatter, of course, you know, the Secret Service agents were, were were saying, you know, goodbye to their loved ones because they thought they might not make it out of the Capitol alive. And yet, you know, we have this situation uh, where 11 days after that took place, uh, well, 10 days after that took place, uh, you know, Congress requested uh, their communications and 11 days later, they were all erased. And so, it, we, I, you know, I think you can see this as a bit of a pattern, you know, all the erased text messages, all of the missing White House phone logs. Everyone knew that January 6th was bad, which makes me think of the missing evidence uh, in a new light. 
Yeah, Barb, DHS has asked the Secret Service to stop its own internal investigation into the missing tax. Why is that necessary? What does that tell you? Investigation. Were they shredding papers? The inspector general is now conducting a criminal investigation. I think what he's indicating is he doesn't want anything to interfere with that. You know, that somebody was looking into it and uh, accidentally destroyed evidence or that people are taking statements from someone. Accidentally. uh, You know, they take one in which they contradict themselves. So I think he wants everybody to stand down, get out of my way, because this has just gotten very serious. I'm going to investigate this, and I don't want anything to distract from the mission that I'm doing, which is criminal in nature, by far the more serious. You know, sometimes when you're in an agency, there are all kinds of investigations just to, you know, do after-action reports when there's a mistake so that it doesn't happen again, that sort of thing, administrative things. And here, I think he's making it clear. <laughs> the, the Secret Service is guilty as fuck. I don't know, I don't know, and like, nobody knows this at this point in time, if it's the whole fucking agency it get like i like i feel like biden should have done a lot of cleaning house when he came to office but like definitely at least a handful of agents are like trump loyalists and tried to help him carry out a coup and that should scare the fuck out of everybody but i mean just the just the fact that the agency itself seems to be covering Seems to be it's, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is corrupt. But just to give you just to give you some idea, Dan Bongino used to be a Secret Service agent. Hugo, what can you share about the three Secret Service members who we have learned have retained their own attorneys? Yeah, I think this is really significant, right? I mean, uh, we learned that the driver in the, uh, the 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 presidential vehicle on January 6th, the dispatch is reporting, has hired uh, Zach Terwilliger as his attorney. I mean, Zach Terwilliger, of course, is the son of George Terwilliger, who is representing Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff. So I think that's a really interesting connection. But the fact that these Secret Service agents are now retaining private counsel, I think, shows they now know the magnitude and the seriousness of this kind of criminal investigation being conducted by the Office of the Inspector General over at DHS. I mean, this is not a step you would take lightly. And But what's interesting from the select committee side is they think that Secret Service agents would not have retained private counsel if they had thought they had done nothing wrong. I mean, it might be a prudent move anyway to retain private counsel when you're under criminal investigation, but it sounds like that retainers those or those retainers happened before the announcement of the criminal investigation, which makes us, the select committee very suspicious about what was going on, you know, with, with the message deletions and their motives and their intent to cooperate. We should never, ever, ever shame anyone for retaining counsel. I, that, that is like, that's not cool. That's not cool. Uh, with the committee going forward. You kind of rub me the wrong way with that. Someone who will not rub you the wrong way unless you're on like a USO tour with him is Al Franken, who, goddamn, I wish was still in the Senate. He says it'll spend the next month interviewing new witnesses with a promise to reappear in September. The first round of public hearings wrapped up with stunning testimony about a president holed up in the White House dining room. Uh, TV room for more than three hours. Unwilling. What if the attorney was paid for by a Trump pack? I wouldn't. According to witnesses, Trump never. Trump made don't pay for anything. The Pentagon, or even to check on his own vice <laughs> so, president. So probably not. Leaving the West Wing that night after the deadly attack, quote Mike Pence let me down. Uh, the committee also showed outtakes from the speech Trump delivered the day after January 6th, refusing to acknowledge his defeat. 
But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. Yesterday is a hard word for me. My only goal was to ensure... And guys, 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 I would just like to point out, since he brought it up, I would just like to point out that he still doesn't think that election is over. We'll do this story real fast and come back to this, where Al Franken makes fun of him. Uh, the Wisconsin Republican House Speaker says Donald Trump called him earlier this month. Earlier. This is this is this is published yesterday, 2022. <laughs> Trump called him earlier this month, urging the state to overturn the 2020 election. Month, urging him to take back the, earlier this Come month, on, man. It's July. Get a life. To take back Wisconsin's electoral life. college votes for President Biden. You take a lost. Listen. When's the last time you talked to the former president, President Trump? Uh, within the last week. Within the last week? Yeah. Before or after he tweeted about you? Uh, before. And what was that conversation like? Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those that, that it's very consistent. He makes his case, which I respect. Um, he would like us to do something different in Wisconsin. I explained that it's not allowed under the Constitution. He has a different opinion. Then he put the tweet out. So that's it. Oh, my God. My God. Oh, my God. I explained that it's not allowed under the Constitution. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. He, he, he still doesn't think the 2020 election is over. The integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. CNN is told it took about an hour to record that three-minute video. And joining me now ah! is former Democratic Senator from Minnesota and host of the Al Franken podcast, Al Franken. Uh, Senator, I, I guess you have uh, a lot of thoughts on all of these subjects we just tackled over the last uh, 10 minutes. Yep. But I guess, I guess what, what did you think when you saw these outtakes uh, from January 7th? I, I just thought that was fascinating, uh, you know, a sort of window into a, a troubled president's mind. I think he uh, was depressed and troubled that day, and, and uh, rightfully so. He's just a terrible person, <laughs> <I think. laughs> We we learn that through, uh, through these hearings. It's it's interesting. I think these hearings have they, they've just exceeded all my expectations. But nothing has shocked me. Nothing about this has shocked me. The the footage uh, right outside the uh, uh, Senate chamber. I I know that geography, and it's chilling. And the uh, you, you know that the, the testimony that you showed there that that. People were calling home uh, to maybe have to say goodbye. All of that is chilling. This, this guy needs to be prosecuted. There's no doubt about that. I, I felt from the very beginning, from uh, his call to Raffensperger, that's on tape, him saying 11,780 votes. you got to find that. And if you don't, you're in trouble. That to and me, but everything... Yeah. Everything we've seen just solidifies this, and especially this last. Uh, this last. So Garland has to has to go after him. Well, I was going to say, what what does it say about uh, our system of justice in this country if Merrick Garland does not 
uh, move forward with some kind of criminal investigation, or, or I suppose there might be one underway, but w- without a prosecution. Well, get your fruit and your alcohol ready, because I've got Trump video coming at you soon. We have both Trump rally and Trump at the TPUSA event coming up shortly. I think it would be a, uh, this is, this is maybe the worst crime that a president can commit, which is, it, it was a conspiracy to overturn an election. That's what our democracy is supposed to be about. That's what the constitution, but that's what our, our, our country is about. This is the worst thing you can do. And I'm pretty confident now that uh, Mark Garland will prosecute him. The only, the only thing worse than prosecuting him is not prosecuting. And, you know, Al, the committee noted the infamous moment when a Republican Senator Josh Hawley serves in the body you once served in, raised his fist in solidarity with the protesters. They uh, followed that by playing video of Hawley running through the building uh, as the insurrectionists mm-hmm. advanced. Uh, and that moment literally brought laughter to the room. Um, in terms of how Hawley reacted, he tweeted out a link to a coffee mug that you can buy with his fist uh, bump, uh, fist pump picture. Wow. Show me strong. I guess they don't have a mug available where he's running through the halls of Congress. Uh, what's been your reaction to all this? Al? I'd like to copyright the mug of him running through Congress. Uh, first of all, how dare he do that? The testimony was that a, a capital officer, a woman, said that that riled the crowd. Uh, it, it's unconscionable that he linked to that. I mean, the crowd was already riled. Video, it, you're right. It got. I, uh, they didn't carry the laugh on the feed, which is too bad. But it got a laugh in the room, <laughs> from what I heard. Oh, and, oh yeah. Like I've seen the video. It's hilarious. New meaning to you know hauling ass, I guess. I, I think so. And, and you know what it's like to get a good laugh in the room. And that certainly got one. It did. I, you know, I would suggest showing that as often as you can on CNN. It's a, it's a great moment. We'll, yeah. we'll see if we can find the tape. And, and, yeah. and Senator, we, we have no indication that President Biden is not running for re-election. I want to ask you about um, the, the 2024 campaign. I know it's a ways off. But Ga- California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, seems to be positioning himself for a run, uh, potentially. <laughs> uh, bought airtime in Florida to go after Ron DeSantis. <laughs> off ads, uh, going after Greg Abbott in Texas on guns and abortion. Um, I, I guess, what would you um, like to see? Would you like to see President Biden running for re-election, if I could put you on the spot? Uh, w- do you think it would be good to have some other candidates in there showing interest at this point, uh, as Gavin Newsom appears to be uh, doing... What are your thoughts? Do you see any... Pollen ass. Disagree with the notion that... Pollen ass, Scott Collins says. The, the president says he, he's running for re-election. Uh, I think it's not... I think indulging in these parlor games is uh, counterproductive. We have midterms coming up that are unbelievably important. We have to hold the Senate. And, and, and hopefully add at least two seats to it. I, I believe we can do that. We have to hold the House. And that's the only way we're going to do things like... That's the more difficult task. Vote. But but it's possible. 
For those of you who don't know, in the last, like, two months, the polling has completely flipped. Like, it was, like, generic Republican was up three or four points on a ballot. Generic Republican, right? Uh, Republicans have some shitty-ass candidates. So that's, that's one of the ways that Democrats are lucking out. But now the polling is flipped to where it's, like, plus three or four generic Democrat on the ballot for this fall. So... It all just, it, it depends on the way turnout is. Is there a high-profile Senate race in the state where, you know, Democrats need to hold a couple of House seats? Yesterday. It's a Beatles song, if I'm not mistaken. Doing stuff on climate that we absolutely need to do. Look how just scorching hot it is around the around the world we we have to to get stuff done we we need to elect democrats to the senate to the house governors and we need to elect better democrats and we need to get younger people in places they're going higher office on local level this is a in an extremely important period of time between now and the midterms. I don't think we should be engaging in this kind of uh, parlor games because it, it's maybe fun to do, but it's not fun. It, it, it doesn't get anything done. And do you think it's a good idea for the Democratic Party to be going out there or Democratic aligned groups to be going out there and, and pumping up the more far-right candidates in some of these no. Republican primary races that we've seen across the country. We've seen some uh, some Democrats say that's a bad idea. I, I think it's a bad idea. I don't like that. Uh, first of all, it's giving, it's just feeding more right-wing propaganda out there. Yep. Uh, it, it's, I think, I, I don't think we should be doing that. I, I understand the tactic. You think you get a, you know, a, a right-wing nut that you can beat. I understand, I understand that. That's politics, I guess, but I, I, I'm not in favor of that. And, you know, the last time you were on, uh, you said that your family would uh, heavily factor into your decision on whether you would run again. And I know that it's something that you're looking at, something you've thought Ooh. of. Ooh, ooh, yes, please. This week, uh, New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg uh, wrote a piece entitled, I Was Wrong About Al Franken. I guess there are a lot of folks who might say they were wrong about Al Franken. Uh, but in this column, she expressed remorse for calling on you to resign at that time uh, without a Senate investigation into the allegations you were facing at that time. Um, back then, she thought Democrats shouldn't go through the ordeal of having to defend you. Now she says you deserve due process. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I appreciate her doing that. It's, it's hard to admit you're wrong. Uh, you've been wrong. And so I, I appreciate that. And she came down, as you said. That I should have due process, and that's all I was asking for at the time, and I was denied it. Um, so um, I appreciate her doing that. And I think he just stood his ground, never resigned. Run again. Uh, any indication that you can give us as to which way you're leaning at this point? Please, Al. Please. Well, I, am, I certainly am not contemplating that at all. And, oh shit. Uh, I, I'm really focused on these midterms, and I have a pack, Midwest Values Pack. If any of your listeners would like to look it up and give to it, I'd give to 
you know, just giving to uh, uh, Shapiro in in in, uh, in Pennsylvania, so we can win that one. We we need to, and all over the place. So uh, I, I'm really focused on that. It was giving me hope that Al Franken may be looking into running again. Liz Cheney was on Fox, whatever their fucking Sunday show is called. She's talking about January 6th. I think she even addresses her election. What would the committee's report have to say about uh, why the assets like National Guard weren't prepped and ready? Is there a testimony uh, already gathered on Speaker Pelosi's decisions or the Sergeant of Arms in the House and Senate on that regard? Yeah, you, we have an entire team. Uh, we've got five different teams in the investigation. One of them is totally focused on all of those issues of security at the Capitol and the response of the Capitol Police, the response of the National Guard, the response of the Capitol Police Board, what was going on at the Pentagon that day. So it's an entire focus of the investigation. You will see in our report, you will likely see uh, in upcoming uh, hearings. Um, and, and so it's certainly something that we're going to be very focused on. But but what we aren't going to do, Brett, is blame the Capitol Police, blame those in law enforcement for... I don't know. There are some Capitol Police that deserve blame. To the Capitol. Okay. Uh, but do I think you have... clearly there were intelligence failures. Clearly there were intelligence failures. Clearly uh, the security uh, should have, have operated better than it did. Um, but but this was a mob Donald Trump sent to the Capitol, and and I think that's important to keep our, our eye. Mandy, Mandy, I like I can understand like in this moment she has been uh, pretty spot on, but the rest of her career she has not been spot on, and uh, she even she even like uh, go go look up her tweet on Roe v. Wade so you can get pissed off about her and and and, and not low-key have a crush on her anymore because she's still a shit-ass Republican. She's she's still the daughter of Dick Cheney. I mean, like, she's not a bad-looking lady. Like, I would swipe right if, if, if I saw her on Tinder. I totally would. So, like, hey, I get it. She, does, she has nice hair. Fair enough, fair enough. Eye on. There are several witnesses uh, who say they met with- I ran somebody off by saying I would swipe right on Liz Cheney. With President Trump on January 4th, and he offered some 20,000 National Guardsmen uh, to protect the Capitol building on January 6th, but the offer was rejected. Is that true? Do you know that to be true? Well, his own acting secretary of defense says that's not true. Chris Miller has testified publicly that Donald Trump never issued any order to deploy the guard to protect the Capitol. Uh, and, and so I would point people to his own secretary of defense's public testimony. And we also know that on January 6th, while the attack was underway, uh, Donald Trump did not place a single phone call to anyone at the Pentagon. He didn't place a single phone call to anyone at the Justice Department to say deploy your TV is weird. Your TV does weird shit. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know what is up. It's maybe it's possessed. Okay, maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe she doesn't talk about her election. I'm sorry. 
I didn't get the full interview with Brett Bear. Just because it was like 16 minutes long. So I was like, we don't want to watch that whole fucking thing. But we do want to watch about Steve Bannon. Who got convicted on Friday. It was defiant and unapologetic Friday after he was found guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress. The former White House chief strategist vowed to appeal the verdict and declared his continued allegiance to his old boss. Bannon also told conservative TV host Tucker Carlson that he's not afraid to go to jail. Listen to this. I will never back off. I support Trump in the Constitution, and I'm not backing off one inch. If I go to jail, so be it. Bannon was good last November after failing to comply with the subpoena from the House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. CNN political correspondent Sarah Murray has more. Longtime Donald Trump ally Steve Bannon found guilty on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress. Am I the only one that thinks this guy kind of looks like Alec Baldwin right here? What's going on with that? What the fuck? Found guilty on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress. We may have lost a battle here today, but we're not going to lose this war. Bannon, who smirked as the verdict was handed down, faces at least 30 days behind bars. And also, I didn't notice it. Vice, I believe, were the ones who did a piece on this. He wore three shirts under a jacket in 90-something degree weather in Washington, D.C., in a swamp. DC's a swamp. He has one, two, three shirts. He has two button-up shirts and then another undershirt under a jacket. Not that there's anything wrong with that, particularly I just... It's kind of odd. Maybe the man has low, uh, what, low iron? Is that what, you got an iron deficiency and you don't, you don't properly heat it? Seriously! Seriously! Is that what happens when you've got no soul and you've got an ice cold fucking frozen heart? That's that's wild. That's wild. And like it it may be hard to see because it's all black, everything is black, but there are indeed two fucking shirts right there. It's just it's insane. 30 days behind bars after a jury rejected his defense that the dates of his subpoena weren't set in stone. The conviction is a major boost for the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, reaffirming its subpoena power as it continues its quest for more information and additional witnesses. Bannon refused to comply with the committee's subpoena for information about his contact with Trump and comments like this one ahead of the Capitol riot. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Prosecutor Molly Gaston boiling it down in her closing argument. Bannon didn't show up. He has contempt for our system of government, and he does not think he needs to play by its rules. She compared his offense to snubbing a parking ticket, a sorely relevant analogy for a Washington, D.C. jury, and said... It doesn't look like he has body armor on. ...to Donald Trump over compliance to the law. I stand with Trump and the Constitution. And I will never back off that, ever. As for Bannon's last gasp offer to testify publicly before the committee. Give me a date 
a time, a room number, a microphone, and a holy Bible that I can take the oath on. Boom. Prosecutor Amanda Vaughn called him out, saying he and his friend, former President Donald Trump, suddenly decide he's going to comply? Give me a break. Bannon is not above the law. He is not the decider of the law. He is guilty, she said. While Bannon promised a fiery case. This is going to be the misdemeanor from hell. The defense rested without calling a single witness. In a choppy closing argument, Bannon attorney Evan Corcoran was interrupted by objection after objection, highlighting the limited defenses the court allowed Bannon to present. Ultimately, Corcoran claimed there was no magic to Bannon's subpoena date. In a final bid to inject politics into the case, Corcoran said the powerful try to silence the opposition. Politics can play no role, he argued. It's important that we are all in this together, and Steve Bannon is innocent. The jury uh. deliberating less than three hours, but Bannon's team already plotting their appeal. This is a bulletproof appeal. Now, whether Steve Bannon's appeal is actually bulletproof remains to be seen. But until then, we know he has a sentencing date set. For Spoiler alert, it's not. When's the sentencing date? Late October. Sarah Murray. Late October. No, why is it not just like a couple weeks from now? Why is it late October? I was thinking like August 15th, August 17th, some shit like that around that time period. Why is it late October before this motherfucker gets to go to jail? Trump held a rally over the weekend. Uh, in Arizona, I believe it was. I'm not exactly sure. Keep the info. Trump rally this weekend. Doesn't say where it was. But uh, Mike Lindell says why he didn't get into politics sooner. He gives us a fantastic reason here. You know, in, in politics and over you know, the last 10, 20, 30 years, no one cared. No one paid attention. No one was looking at what they were I doing. I certainly didn't. I was on crack. Right. Right. Well, but That's you a good know. excuse. I can't really use that excuse myself, but, you know. You know, in, in politics and over, you know, the last 10, 20, 30 years, no one cared. No one paid attention. No one was looking at what they were I doing. I certainly didn't. I was on crack. Right. Right. Well, but That's you a good know. excuse. What's the vote? Should I... Should I have Mike Lindell pop onto the screen with his fucking hugging his pillow and say, like, I'm on crack. <laughs> you guys want a Mike Lindell uh, graphic? Uh, Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. I'm on crack. <laughs> I was on crack. That's what it was. I used to do crack. I still do, but I used to, too. At that rally, uh, Trump said that if he was just to uh, stop running for office, all the persecution would stop. my beliefs. And if I agreed to stay silent, and if I stayed home and took it easy, if I announced that I was not going to run any longer for political office, the persecution of Donald Trump would immediately stop. You know that, right? Immediately stop. They would go on to the next victim. No, no, sir. That's not what I do. I can't do that. I can't do that. If I rena- Here's the thing. is actually the opposite. I believe that you want to run for office. 
and try to win the presidency because I think that's what you think will shield you from any kind of legal liability. Is actually the opposite. Uh, so here we go. This was Trump. Saturday at the TP USA rally. I would have I would have carried this live, but I committed to making chicken parmesan for the housemates. And I did, and I knocked it out of the park. This was Donald Trump and his WWE style entrance. Everybody got entrances. You can go, you can go and see uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You can see Ted Cruz making these big elaborate entrances. Let me tell you, this stage, this setup, this is quite the expensive fucking presentation. That that lighting rig they've got over there, there is a lot of fucking money in the right wing. Holy shit. And I fight harder for you than any president has ever fought. We will win again. We will win, win, win. You're fired. The most loyal people are Trump supporters. Because they like it when people understand what the American flag I think I'd be a really good president. I'm a Because you'd be in jail. In the meantime, I'm president and you're not. And I fight harder for you than any president has ever fought. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump! Lee Greenwood, get me pop for copyright, god damn it. Those of you listening to the audio, like he has... Fireworks going off. More fireworks than WWE uses. I thought he had a gas can. He's going to light something on fire. Instead, he had hats he's throwing out to the crowd. Completely fucking bonkers. I hope the world survives so that they've got the video and they can study this in schools. In schools. Decades from now. They had the honest-to-God rise of a fascist dictator and had complete video archives of it. The results are worse than anyone could ever have even imagined. In just two short years, our country has gone from the strongest it has ever been and perhaps... What? It was just... I don't think it was ever like it was two years ago. We were so strong... Two years ago was July of 2020, guys. (laughs) I don't think we were strong in any way. And also, I think I've lost my lighter. That. How the fuck do I lose my lighter? Are you laying on it, Smokey? I've got a Smokey on my lap. Oh, even hockey games aren't that bad. Fucking, I mean, I've been to 
fucking concerts that didn't have that elaborate of a stage show. It's so powerful, so respected all over the world, and it's been very sad to watch. The results are worse than anyone. Yeah, yeah, we were respected all over the world when you were president. Bullshit. The best, safest, and most secure border in U.S. history. We built hundreds of miles of border wall. In fact, he didn't know. We finished our original wall plan despite two and a half years of Democrat-inspired lawsuits. And I won all of the lawsuits, 11 of them we won. Created the best, safest, and most secure border in U.S. history. How many, how many election lawsuits did you win, sir? Bad is because I did that by the fake news media, which is right back there. So there's a lot of them. I got a lot of bad stories because I did that by the fake news media, which is right back there. Yeah, I'm just I'm playing you the hits from the the TPUSA. Trump goads his TPUSA audience into booing the assembled media, which is a bit of a cell phone since the only media outlets paying attention to his speeches these days are the furthest right of the furthest right. Aaron Rupert writes, "It's too." It's two big 747s, so they were ordered. But we're on the plane flying over, and we're about an hour away from the big airfield that we're landing in in Iraq. And I get a call, and then some military people came in to see me. You know, this is like a, a large home Air Force One, very big. A lot of people on the plane, most talented people you've ever seen, including the pilots, the most incredible people. Sir! Would you please do us a favor? We'd like to close all of your windows. I say, why? We don't want any light on the plane. I said, why is that? Because we don't want the enemy to see us. Think of it. We've been there for 20 years, and we can't fly an airplane into the country. I said, that's pretty sad. So they closed down all of the shades. Everything was absolutely dark. Then they say, sir, we're going to be turning off the lights in the plane. I said, what do you have to do that? We just closed all the shades and the windows. What do you have to do? Sir, we got to be dark. We got to, we don't want to get any light up there. I said, that's not good. But I love sitting with pilots, especially talented ones. What it is, is they're trying to protect you, you dumbass. Because because if they've got some sort of uh, thermal imaging, uh, uh, some sort of uh, uh, way that they can see the the shadows inside of the plane. You have a very noticeable fucking head. They'd be able to tell exactly where you're at in the plane. They were trying to minimize your exposure in the plane, you stupid fuck. And the most talented pilots in the world are the ones that fly Air Force One and if you look at these guys, they're like central casting. They're like, they look like the most talented people in the world, but yet you're not going to listen to what they have to say. Pay. And if we're attacked by Russia, was for the Soviet Union, but Russia. And if we're attacked by Russia, we didn't pay that you will not come to our defense. I said, that's right. I will not come to your defense. I will not come. I mean, that's not the first time the women in the audience have heard, uh, I will not come. They were delinquent. They weren't paying. Oh, what am I talking about? There's no women in the audience. 
did much better the second time than I did the first. Getting millions and millions more votes than we did in 2016, and likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now we may just have to do it again. Unfortunately, like it, it like good for me, it's going to be good content. It's going to be good content to see him running for office, but it's like it's bad for our country. They don't seem all that excited to be honest with you. Our country, we have to be smart. First, we have to defeat the climate crisis hoax. It's a hoax. It doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the power to generate and move our factories. It doesn't have the power. And I predicted, because this gentleman has this beautiful sign, Trump was right. Let me tell you, I predicted Germany three years ago. He's going to eat more of that fruit. We have to be smart. First, we have to defeat the climate crisis. Got any more of that fruit, guys? It can never go wrong. It took them about 10 years to get that right. Remember, they came up with all the different things. They used to say, you know, in the 1920s, they were worried about global freezing. They thought the world was going to freeze. Now it's global warming, but now it's climate change because you can't miss with climate change. Anything can happen. It's raining like hell. Climate change. We got it this way. Oh, my God. It will not, will not, will not hear him listen or will not. We'll not listen to him injuring trans people. We'll fuck that. Instead, let's listen to some of the young people that attended the TPUSA event and what they think about who should be the GOP nominee for president. Major speakers at the event included Governor Ron DeSantis and former President Donald Trump. So here we're going to get our, our man Donald on the street Trump, here. of course, the man himself. He created the MAGA movement, and he deserves to be our leader. Look, he's not perfect in every way, but he really deserves to be our leader. He really shook the swamp, and no one else in the current Republican Party can do that the way he did. I love DeSantis, but Trump is a little bit more, you know, going to push it. Not that DeSantis won't, but I think he needs to come in and fix the mess that's been made. I would really like it to be Governor DeSantis. I'm a pretty big fan of him. I like what he's done with Florida, how we've been pretty open here during the pandemic. And just a lot of, you know, focusing on families has been a big thing. That's something I'm passionate about. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had enough time without Trump now to realize that we do really miss him. Even the liberals are kind of like, Uh, we miss him. So I think it's time that we let him come back and kind of clean up the mess. uh, What? Maybe DeSantis after that as president um, would be pretty cool. I would honestly like to see Donald Trump, but I feel like it could be hard since I know he's seen as very problematic in America. But I do think he can save America and help fix a lot of the issues that are going on right now. I would love to see Tim Scott uh, make a run for it. I think he represents the party really well, brings a new voice and a new um, kind of vibe to the new energy. True for you too! So yeah, I would love to see President Trump re-enter the election again because I think he just did something that no other president could have done for the conservative movement in the state that we're in right now. 
I think the best presidential nominee would be Donald Trump. I love guys like Ron DeSantis as well, but Donald He's got a hat on that says Ultra MAGA. All, all Biden did with that Ultra MAGA phrasing was give grifters something else to sell to these dumb fucks that have way too much money and time on their hands. Trump is, he's proven he knows how to run the country, especially comparing him to the guy running it now. He's done it before and he, I think he can do it again. Ooh. Um, it's a tough question. I go back and forth between Trump and DeSantis. It's a tie between Trump and DeSantis. Maybe both. Maybe Trump and DeSantis. So there you have it. Clearly, there are front runners in the Republican Party. There are two names that keep popping up over and over and over again. Tommy uh, Lauren was on Fox News. And she was talking about how a New York Times columnist apologized for bashing Trump voters. I don't know what the New York Times columnist said. Let's see. Is that Kennedy she's talking to? Kennedy and Tommy Lauren talking about this New York Times columnist who apparently apologized for bashing Trump voters. On both sides in the 2016 election, there were a lot of Republicans who looked down their nose at Trump supporters just the same way those on the left, the Democrats and the leftists did. I was there as an early Trump supporter, and I remember a lot of never-Trumpers, those with an R behind their name, those were conservative, that said, if you support Donald Trump, you're not with us either. You're not a conservative. You're just one of those Trumpers. You're just a Trump supporter. And then, of course, Donald Trump won the election, and a lot of those folks came around and then they kind of forgot that they were the never-Trumpers to start with. And then we had a wonderful moment. We all came together in a wonderful, successful country, and it was awesome. And we built a huge movement that I believe is now bigger than Donald Trump the person. It's about the movement. It's the America First movement. Those people are still very much around, and we're ready to come back in 2024 because we keep... Okay, first of all, let's, get, let's, let's find out what they're talking about here because they're not actually... They didn't go into the opinion article... It was Brett Stevens. I don't even know who Brett Stevens is. I was wrong about Trump voters. Let's see exactly what he says about Trump voters. Who is Brett Stevens anyway? Uh, Pulitzer Prize winning American conservative journalist. Conservative. Why? Why do? Why? Why are you making a big deal about a conservative saying he was wrong about conservative voters? Me cakes. I was wrong about Trump voters, he says. The worst line I ever wrote as a pundit, yes, I know, it's a crowded field, was the first line I ever wrote about the man who would become the 45th president. If by now you don't find Donald Trump appalling, you're appalling. Sir, sir, why would you take that back? That's probably the truest thing you've ever said in your career. This opening salvo from August of 2015 was the first in what would become dozens of columns denouncing Trump as a unique threat to American life, democratic ideals, and the world itself. I regret almost nothing of what I said about the man and his close minions, but the broad swipe at his voters caricatured them and blinkered me. It also probably did more to help than hinder Trump's candidacy. Telling voters they are moral ignoramuses is a bad way of getting them to change their minds. What were they seeing that I wasn't? They ought to have been the first question that I asked myself. Uh, when I looked at Trump, I saw a bigoted blowhard making one ignorant argument after another. You're correct. 
What Trump supporters saw was a candidate whose entire being was a proudly raised middle finger at a self-satisfied elite that had produced a failing status quo. Oh! Somebody hurt their fucking feelings is what you're saying. Somebody hurt their fucking feelings. And that's what Tommy Lahren is talking about. Getting run over. And now we're looking and saying, look at what our guy, you made fun of us. Our guy did wonderful things for this there you country. Go. Look what your guy's doing to our country. And what really bothers me is someone that comes from a small state in South Dakota. We are often overlooked. We are those Trump supporters. We are those blue-collar ranchers, farmers out there who don't get a lot of attention except when there's a snowstorm or there's fireworks at Fourth of July at Mount Rushmore. We don't get a lot of attention. So when people on the coast, when elitists in big cities look down their nose at us and call us rednecks and just Trump supporters and Hillary Clinton calls us deplorables and they call us racist. She's sitting in New York City. I believe she lives in Nashville, if I'm not mistaken. ...without ever taking the time to talk to us, that really fired a lot of people oh, up. Sure. And yeah. we feel that way now, and I'm so glad that Fox takes the time to go and talk to these people in the Midwest and the heartland. Yeah. We are not just the flyover states. We matter and we vote. Might be from small states, but when you put us all together, we make a difference. And You're idiots. You're all fucking idiots. And no, like, you are highly outnumbered. It's only because of the Electoral College and the way it's fractured that your votes are weighted more than other people's votes. Yes, she never mattered and she's not a working class person. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says GOP should be Christian Nationalist Party. I think we have the comments here. Taylor Hansen here with Next News Network and I am here with the one and only beautiful Marjorie Taylor Greene. Say hello to everyone, Marjorie. Oh, hi, everyone. Beautiful. That dude's trying to do some swinging with MG or MTG later. You live in sexual anarchy. I'm happy to be here with you, Taylor. So I just have a few questions for you today. First off being, what do you think is the primary focus of the GOP going into 2022? What should it be opposed to what it is it? Wow, that, that's a tough question because there's a lot of things that should be. I think Republicans really need to recognize uh, the people they represent, okay, their voters, not the, not the lobbyist owners, not the corporate PACs, not, not those people. That's not who the Republican Party should represent. Uh, we need to be the party of nationalism. And I can tell you they have over $1 billion served, and this guy orally served at least half a half a. a, a Half a billion of them. I'm a Christian and I say it proudly. We should be Christian nationalists. And when Republicans learn to represent most of the people that vote for them, then we will be the party that continues to grow without having to chase down certain identities or chase down uh, you know, certain segments of people. We just need to represent Americans. And most Americans, no matter how they vote, really care about the same things. Um, and, and I want to see Republicans actually do their job. That's Absolutely. what I want to see. It'd be crazy, right? Oh. First time in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we might continue to hold power. Might have we, a heart yeah. attack. Woo. Yeah. So another question for you okay. is, you know, as a woman in Congress, how do you feel about having more balls than the majority of congressmen <laughs> currently sitting on the seats like right this now? This is a trick question. You know, I'm a really. Have any balls? Hey, that, that is the politically but correct answer. I am a woman. Answer. I am a woman. I am a woman. I don't even know. <laughs> You're cracking me up. Um, 
I, I don't know. I want everyone else to, to do it too. You know, they need to have courage and we just have to do the right thing. What inspired I'm so glad we watched this. This has been great. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, God inspires me. That's that's what inspires me the most is um, I, I just am a big believer. It doesn't make me perfect. I am not perfect, but I, I do believe that I have a job to do. I believe all of us have a job to do. Nobody ever accused you of that, ma'am. And, and, and do it the best we possibly can every single day. And I just don't have anything to fear. And, you know, I've, I know you've kind of been paying close attention. You've been very outspoken on the child drag shows that have been taking place all around the country, specifically in thank Texas. Thank you, and thank you. For thank the child you. drag shows? Are you talking about beauty pageants? For shining a light on this topic. What do you think, you know, culturally-wise, what does this reflect, you know, in our culture? What does this say about where America is heading, and how do we fix it? I think it shows a severe sickness. We, we have a sickness in America. We, we really do have a war of... Get up, come on, get down with the sickness! Um, the fact that they're doing this to kids is... It, it, you don't even have words. And I, I know you've seen it firsthand. I've, I see your videos. I've shared some of them. It's appalling. And it's disgusting. But this is... If, if we don't stop... What are you people doing to kids? Are you talking? Are you talking about like the Southern Baptist Convention, which spent years, years, decades covering up their pastors' sexual abuse and rape of children? Is that what you find appalling? Oh, it's the gay community you find appalling. Oh, oh, it's 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 it, it's not actually the rampant rape of children in the church. That's not something you focus on. Is it? Because you don't actually care about children. Um, and that's why we have to unapologetically say no. And, and I think it should be illegal. Hagfish. Children should not be in drag queen shows. Period. And drag queens do not belong. Listen, listen. I worked in a strip club. Some of the strippers would bring their children in. It's just like any other workplace environment. We were co-workers. Fuck, I think I bought some cookie dough off of one of their children one time. Fuck off. There's nothing wrong with it. In schools, they should never be there. Neither should strippers. Schools should just be for kids learning, you know, history, math, science, English, normal stuff. Um, and, and you ain't learned none of that shit. Careful, it's a pretty controversial thing to say. I know. How did we get here? I don't know, How but I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back. Well, if you find the time machine, let me know. Um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of us that would love to go back too. <laughs> one more question for okay. you, the final one, is do you think we'll see accountability for the way that the January 6th committee, which is completely illegitimate, you know, we've seen time and time again, they lie, they create false narratives. I mean, they won't talk to me. I witnessed one of the highest profile shootings in America, yet they will not have a conversation with me about it. Do you What? I have no clue who you are, dude. Nobody has a clue who you are. Just because your shirt says one billion served doesn't mean you're somebody of note. Why would the January 6th committee talk to you and why would their not talking to you be evidence of fucking anything? That's your supporting evidence? And why are you holding the microphone like that? Do you think there will be accountability? And if so, how and when? I There better be accountability. Yeah, there better be. Um, yes, I think there will be accountability. Not high enough for this shit. Severe. 
that this should never be allowed to happen. And they're they're abusing their congressional powers. They're abusing committee powers. And this is this is political persecution. And it, it and there, there's people that don't even have a voice. I mean, think about it. There's people in jail right now. No one hears from them. No one sees them. Their own family doesn't see them. There's children who haven't seen their dads for over 18 months. There's there's marriages that have been broken apart. People have lost their jobs. So now we're prison abolitionists here. The third one happened this week. It's it's awful. It just yes, there needs to be accountability. Awesome. And then could you just give us a word for the next news viewers? They absolutely love you. Oh, well, thank you, everyone. And listen, keep following this guy. Keep keep following Next News uh, because you're hearing the truth and seeing the truth. And that's way better than CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times. I missed it where she said we need to be the party of nationalism and I'm a Christian. I say it proudly. We should be Christian nationalists. Did I, did I fucking, did I glaze over earlier on in the, in the clip? I didn't hear that part. That was the whole reason we were talking about it. Cause let me show you what Christian nationalists do. These are some Christian activists that went to PetSmart. And they caused a ruckus. Apparently, this video has gone viral. Uh, this is what Ethan is like, Schmidt, right a Christian activist who calls himself a hunter of LGBT people. He harasses an employee of PetSmart because they have an LGBT flag. Hey, I'm just curious. What is that flag right there? That flag? What is that? Flag? I think it's a pride flag. Can you? Can you? The pride flag. Right now. For what purpose? Because it offends me greatly. Well, fuck you. Yeah, that stuff is satanic. We can't have that, especially at PetSmart. Shut the fuck up, dude. I've got a Okay. I'm offended. I'm offended. Excuse me, what is that flag? Oh, well, get your get your fucking ass out the store then. PetSmart um, supports belonging, which includes for LGBT. Do you support pedophilia and child sexualization? Because that's what that stands for, man. No, you so stupid fuck. Flag, well, so I feel I'm very sexualizing kids. Taken down. Well, well, we're going to ask you Respect your customers. Respect your customers and please take it down for me. Well, we aren't going to. We are supportive of LGBTQ plus people here, so we're going to ask you to... So, see ya. That's, that's, the, that's the rainbow of Satan. The real rainbow is from God. The rainbow Satan. That's- that sounds badass. Rainbow Satan. Somebody make a band called Rainbow Satan. The rainbow of Satan. So, it's very offensive to me. Very good. Thank you for coming by and sharing that with us. But we'll, uh- Nobody gives a shit that you're offended. I do support it. Yes. You support sex, sexualization no, I of the children. The do you know what the, you know what they're doing to the kids, right? They're they're they're. We're asking you to leave. They're trying to. They're, so you're they're, you're uh, breaking the law now because we've asked you to leave and you aren't. They're sexualizing kids that with the, with that propaganda. It's disgusting. Call the cops on them. Bye, Kyle. Wow, Peco Peco sexualizes kids. They support the sexualization of kids. Wow. 
Look at that mustache. Rainbow Satan, that's Ghost. Okay, fair enough. You gotta go, bud. Come on. We don't need it here. And you don't need to film me either. It's cool, but we don't need it. I mean, you want it, you want to stand outside, that's cool, but we don't need it. And yeah, we're gonna have the pride flag up. We have it all over our store. Okay. So you guys support the sexualization of kids? I'm just not gonna get into you. You guys support so you can, no, sexualizing you can, kids? You can go. You can go. I can call Shame them. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Shame on Pecco. I appreciate it. This is Pecco. Shame on you. Shame on you guys. Seriously. Okay, that's Shame cool. on Thank you. I Shame on Pecco. I appreciate it. This is Petco. Christ Mark, wins. Christ wins. Christ wins. <laughs> this is PetSmart, not Petco. Learn your pet stores, bitch. Devil worshippers. That's that's uh, the kind of Christian nationalism we're talking about. But now, I always thought Dennis Prager and his PragerU outfit were Christian nationalists. Apparently, PragerU is not Christian. Dennis Prager himself is not Christian. So this is something. Why isn't Dennis Prager a Christian? Rainbow Satan is for the children. I should have say I should have saved that sign. It was, it was like, uh, it was a very upscale restaurant and had a sign outside that said it's Wednesday night and some patrons may be offended by our Wu-Tang Wednesday playlist, uh, unless you subscribe to the philosophy of old dirty bastard and then you believe that Wu-Tang is for the kids. It was like a really fucking nice sign too. <laughs> Crack me up. Who dang is for the children? I was on Michael Shermer's podcast. Right. And he asked me a very interesting question that I want to ask you. Uh huh. He said to me, So you're religious? I said, Yes, I'm religious. He said, Okay, well, here's a question for you. Why are you Jewish and not Christian? Oh, I get that uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Oh, Prager, Prager is Jewish. It hasn't been a, 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 a time in my life. Uh, we were just talking right before uh, we got on about how I uh, Christians often say, you know, I think you're the most prayed for man in America. And I think I think it's true because of the many wonderful Christians who pray that I that I uh, receive Christ. And I I don't take that. By the way, I just want to make it clear. I'm not only not offended, I'm actually touched by it. These people really do love me, and I love them. Uh, look, they're, they're, that's a whole fascinating discussion. I, I have that every year. I have Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with a prominent uh, Christian thinker. And uh, and the issue, of course, comes up. Uh, I Look, I believe that uh, I believe that Revelation as such ended with the Old Testament. And now, so, of course, a Christian will say, yes, that's fine. And Jesus was was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. So it, it, it's it's a matter of faith. My, my biggest issue is I, I, I don't believe that anybody could die for my sins. Uh, I, I mean, I have I have that issue. I have the issue of the divinity of, of Jesus. I don't have the issue with the mess, messianic claims. By the way, I, I always explain to Christians. Interesting. Jews problem was not that there were Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. You, that, that never would have made the Jewish-Christian separation. The Jewish-Christian separation was over claims that he was God. And that, that went to the heart of Jewish theology. Uh, but, uh, but of course, uh, it, it's a triune God for the Christian. And there's, I, I do believe Christians are monotheists even with a triune God. But uh, look, my view is the Christians... Uh, 
Christians true to their faith are doing God's work. That's what I believe. And as Maimonides, who was... Rainbow Satan is so much cooler than whatever this fuck is talking about. No fan of Christianity or Islam because he was persecuted by both. The greatest Jewish thinker, uh, many think. Uh, he said it's Christians uh, who brought the world to the Torah more than Jews did. And, and I never forget that. That's a fact. The reason people know the word Genesis or Leviticus or Deuteronomy uh, is because of Christians. In fact, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very sad. Oh, okay, I get what he's saying. Getting as, uh, uh, as um, closed in their world as they did. Uh, I, God didn't choose the Jews to hide. God chose the Jews to spread His word. So, God ain't choose the Jews to do shit. God ain't real. But uh, it's interesting that Michael Shermer, who's an atheist. But maybe, maybe, maybe if there is a God, he will spare us the tragedy of having to see Biden run again in 2024, since we are still on Biden dies of COVID watch. Cancel Justin for what now? Yes would have asked you that question. So I will tell you a question I asked Michael Shermer, which I ask every atheist. Oh, sassy. I'm sorry. To this question reveals to me whether I think the atheist. Sky Comet, we're, we're, we're going to fucking skip it then. Fuck off. Let's go. Let's go to music. This is your music news. I'm Kurt Loader. And this is MTV News. First, we go to Zuby because we're still talking about Christian nationalism and shit. The anti-freedom woke are losing. This is according to Zuby and what, Amelia? Uh, Amala Ekapudoba. Eka, Amala Ekpunobi and Zuby, who go on Fox News here to talk to Laura Ingram. Amala, um... It seems to me that we are seeing a fundamental shift unfolding on who holds the cards, both in politics, but also the culture. Your response to the angle. Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I don't think this whole revolution and how things are changing is about being chic or passe, as that article wrote. I think it's about average American people looking at the state of this country right now, looking at the wokeness that is largely uh, a factor in why we are living the way we're living and going, you know what? I want to be comfortable. I want to have my individual freedom. I don't want to be reduced down to things like my race, my gender, my sexuality. And I certainly don't want that being taught to my kids. I want to run my business. I want to be able to have the civil liberties that I once had in this country and I want free speech. So it's just average normal people being fed up with the wokeness that they're trying to shove down our throats. And This woman is getting paid big bucks by PragerU is on Fox News. Everything that came along with about not having free speech. Also obviously the, the lectures that we're constantly getting from the left. Is that the tipping point? Is it the purely economic nightmare that's unfolding for young people? The tipping Pick point? me why, people. I don't think the tipping point is primarily economic. I think for the past several years, we've slowly reached this time period where people who call themselves liberals, not just in the USA, but also in the UK and many other Anglo culture and many other Anglo countries and Western countries, they're no longer liberal, right? There's nothing liberal about wanting to enforce face coverings on people 
There's nothing liberal against going against free speech. There's nothing liberal about censoring and deplatforming people. Nothing liberal about vax mandates, about lockdowns, any of it. So I think if you're okay, first of all, there there is nothing liberal about deplatforming people. Those are corporations. Those are corporations who want to censor certain channels. For their advertisers, it's about making money in a capitalist society that has nothing to do with wokeness. You're a fucking idiot. What's 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 some of the other things he named off? Liberal against going against free speech. There's nothing liberal. Who is going against free speech, dude? I'm playing you on my show. I'm platforming you. By the way, by the way, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about free speech. I should be able to pull this up. Yeah, let's talk about free speech. Let's talk about free speech, Zuby. Zuby blocked me on Twitter for pointing out that Zuby had the guy that shot up Denver on his show. You platform violent extremists in order to promote your fucking uh, music. You're full of it, you piece of shit. About censoring and deplatforming people, nothing liberal about vax mandates, about lockdowns, any of it. So I think if people are in support of that, I don't think we should even be referring to them as liberal and they shouldn't be calling them. What he's actually saying is there's nothing liberal about public health measures during a pandemic. And that's just not true at all. That because that's not what the word means. It's supposed to be based in liberty. Yeah, decades ago, Dinesh D'Souza wrote a best-selling book called Illiberal Education. It was way ahead of its time, but that's what you're speaking to, Zuby. Um, we're seeing that it as well, I think, with what's happening. Now, ma'am, you should disclose that Dinesh D'Souza's dick has been inside of you as you plug his book. You live in sexual anarchy? Of co- They all do it. They all do it, Sky Comet. But I just, I just want. Apparently, uh, Laura and Dinesh are still on uh, good terms. Happening with the Twitter uh, takeover, Brian Stelter over at CNN, Amla is very worried with this whole Musk situation. Watch. I don't think. Yes, that's true. Public statements. It's clear. Sassy, sassy. Apparently, apparently Dinesh gets around. He has also been involved with Ann Coulter. He had a thing with Ann Coulter. He had a thing with Laura Ingram. Oh, gross indeed. He has a very little understanding of the complexities that go into content moderation and, and hate speech policies and the like. So he's about to learn how it works, and it might be a whole lot more complicated than he realizes. Amala, what are they really worried about here? Oh, well, they're really worried about losing their ability to take a strong hold on the American mind and what you see and what you learn. And Twitter is a massive platform for this. A lot of people are using this social media platform to get their primary news sources and to learn about what the state of the world is. And so far, they've gotten a progressive leftist. That's probably a bad thing. 
our our world and our country. And they can't do that anymore if Elon takes the helm and they're scared of it. And, and he won't say it out loud that they don't want you to have freedom of speech. But that's exactly what he's saying with those words. And Zuby. I didn't think that Elon Musk was going to show up on the show tonight, but I do have an Elon Musk story. Apparently, uh, he had an affair with the wife of the dude from Google. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't know why. Like this, this stuck out. Clearly, I didn't have it on my list. I had to go look at it, but it was in my my bank of stories. Elon Musk got down on one knee and begged Sergey Brin to for forgiveness after sleeping with his wife Nicole during Art Basel in Miami. December fling prompted Google founder to file for divorce, but she still wants one billion do- one billion dollars. You live in sexual anarchy, buddy. Does Elon get around? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to body shame. I could pull up that picture. Elon Musk got, and now this is from the Daily Mail. Elon Musk got down on one knee to beg Sergey Brin for his his forgiveness at a party earlier this year. After the Google founder learned of Musk's affair with his wife and filed for divorce. Elon the homewrecker. I'm sorry we got we got sidetracked by Elon, who used to be dating Grimes, because we were on music, so I want to tie it back into music. Rage Against the Machines, Tom Morello, tackled by security at the band's Toronto concert. I thought I thought somebody ran on the stage. Here's a fan captured video of the ordeal. Knocked over by fan while playing Killing in the Name of. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't even see what happened to him. Oh, shit. The security guy was going for the fan. And the security guy knocked Tom Morello into the, uh, like, it's the press pit. In front of the stage. Tom is okay. What just happened? Zach is sitting. I was he sitting when he was singing? Killing in the name of just doesn't seem like a song you would you would sing sitting down. Indeed, sitting. Run! 
that's interesting. I really, uh, pre-pandemic when Rage Against the Machine announced that they were going to be playing some shows, I did indeed like, uh, I gotta go see Rage Against the Machine. Then the pandemic happened, just like... I would still like to see Rage Against the Machine sometime in my life. They're one of the they're one of the bands on my list. What's up, Socrates? Just standing at the door, he decided he didn't want to come in. Now moving over to North Dakota. Oh, did he hurt his leg? That might have been why he was sitting. Okay, sorry, Zach Delarocha. If he hurt his leg during a show, you know, now that you say that, I think I did see that curiouser. Thank you. So that, that might indeed be why he was sitting. So sorry, Zach, my apologies. Audience trashes venue after concert, uh, after a kid rock concert was canceled. Kid Rock canceled his concert Friday night in North Dakota due to bad weather, triggering an angry, angry backlash from fans who trashed the venue. Kid Rock was supposed to take the stage at around 9.30 p.m. at the North Dakota State Fair. Following a two-and-a-half-hour performance by his opening act, Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Did, or they're, the one, they're the ones that did Sister Christian, right? Sister Christian, your time has come. Yes, Sister Christian. I don't know any of their other, uh, any of their other songs. Oh, fuck. We're told the storm was brewing on the outskirts of town and some wind and lightning, but no rain, which kept delaying Kid Rock's show. By the time 11 o'clock rolled around, lots of folks in the $18,000 or 18,000 strong audience were pretty drunk and pissed because it seemed as if the storm had passed. An officer from the Ward County Sheriff's Department then walked up to the mic and announced the concert was canceled. And here is the chaos that ensued. Not hashtag band concerts. You're too ban happy. We like freedom over here, warlord. You damn Brits. You're, you're 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 woke moralists trying to cancel everything. Stop yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Still is gaudy looking eagle. Still is gaudy looking eagle.
This is not a riot. A riot would have been nice. These people don't know how to riot. I thought this was America. At the North Dakota State Fair. That's where they were getting ready to see Kid Rock. Take him to jail. They deserve to go to jail. Only Antifa knows how to riot. I mean, look at January 6th. Ban Kid Rock. Now, there, there's a band I can get with, Merkin. There you go. That's your... I'm Kurt Loader. That's your MTV News Report. Whatever the fuck you used to say. And uh, now I'm going to present to you the world's deadliest cat. Don't ban muffins. No, Sky Comet. See the world's deadliest cat. Ban ogres. Ban ogres. I don't know. I might have to, uh, virtual wrong. I'm so sorry. You, you got here right at the ass end, but this, we're, we're currently looking at the world's deadliest animal. It's, it's, it's kill percentages over 60% or I'm sorry, the world's deadliest cat. Um, my apologies. I oversold him. The world's deadliest cat. You're certainly not the world's deadliest cat. I'm just going to point that out, Socks. You're you're kind of fat. You're out of shape. What kind of cat was this? It said at the beginning, didn't it? The black-footed cat. This is a black-footed cat. Highest hit rate of any wild cat. Look how fucking cute it is. These little fucking jaws. It's chowing down on that fucking bird. Look, I mean, that is absolutely fucking adorable. If I died cuddling that, like, hey, I died happy. Look at that baby. Mr. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> Sandcats are adorable. Alright, if you're watching on Twitch, I am going to send you over to... uh, Let's go Goat versus Fish. He's playing guitar. He's playing guitar. I made the right decision. 
Hell yeah, goat versus fish. He'll probably stick. Please stick around. Go go watch his channel. He'll probably sing a song about Justin Freakin. He's got his guitar out, and he'll probably be like, Justin Freakin with the rage. Justin Freak, yes. Tones. I love goat versus fish. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.